Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Science Explorers podcast. I'm Tom, and with me, as always, is the brilliant Jen. Thanks, Tom. Today we have an exciting paper to discuss. It's a meta-analysis of 97 studies that reveals a surprising finding about the correlation between statistical learning and language ability. The study was conducted by researchers from the Department of Experimental Psychology at Ghent University, Belgium. That's right, Jen. This paper is significant because it challenges the widely held belief that individual differences in statistical learning abilities are strongly associated with linguistic skills. The authors aim to provide a comprehensive assessment of the literature by conducting a meta-analysis of 97 studies examining the correlation between statistical learning and linguistic abilities. And you know, Tom, statistical learning refers to the ability to detect and extract regularities from the sensory environment. It's been recognized for its role in various cognitive functions, with language learning and processing being particularly illustrative examples of its theoretical reach. Absolutely, Jen. The paper also highlights the pioneering research by Safran et al., 1996, which showed that infants are able to extract statistical regularities from the linguistic input they receive, aiding in their acquisition of language patterns and structures. Right, Tom. The study covers a range of scientific concepts, including individual differences in statistical learning abilities, the relationship between statistical learning and language skills, and the use of various tasks to operationalize statistical learning. Jen, this paper uses some complex vocabulary and terms, so let's break it down for our listeners. Statistical learning refers to the ability to detect and extract patterns or regularities from the environment, such as language. A meta-analysis, as mentioned, is a study that combines data from multiple individual studies to derive overall conclusions. And correlation refers to the degree of association between two variables. Great breakdown, Tom. Now, on to the core of the paper, where the researchers outline their objectives, methodology, and key findings. The researchers aim to quantify the overall correlation between statistical learning and language abilities and to understand the variations in findings from individual studies. They hypothesize that these differences could be better understood by considering the recently proposed view of statistical learning as a componential construct. In terms of methodology, the researchers conducted a comprehensive literature search using databases like PubMed and Scopus. They analyzed the correlation between statistical learning and language abilities, taking into account sample characteristics, statistical learning task features, and the type of language test used. And the key findings were quite intriguing. The results revealed a small but significant overall correlation between statistical learning and linguistic abilities. The analysis considered sample characteristics, statistical learning task features, and the type of language test as predictors of the strength of observed correlations. Additionally, the researchers found that variations across studies were accounted for by statistical learning task features such as paradigm, stimulus modality, and stimulus domain. It's fascinating how these factors can impact the observed correlations. Absolutely, Jen. The implications and applications of these findings on the field are also noteworthy. The paper provides insights into the limited yet significant association between statistical learning and language outcomes, 
and it emphasizes the need for thoughtful task selection when studying these relationships. That's right, Tom. These findings could have implications for educational practices and interventions aimed at improving language learning and processing skills. Understanding the nuanced relationship between statistical learning and language ability can inform the development of, of targeted educational programs. Jen, as we wrap up, it's evident that this paper challenges some long-held beliefs in the field of cognitive psychology. The results shed light on the complex relationship between statistical learning and language abilities and the nuanced factors that influence their correlation. Absolutely, Tom. It's essential to recognize the intricacies of these cognitive processes and their implications for learning and development. This paper underscores the need for continued research and thoughtful consideration of task selection in studying the relationship between statistical learning and language ability. Well said, Jen. That's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive into the fascinating world of statistical learning and language abilities. We look forward to exploring more groundbreaking research in our future episodes. Stay curious and stay informed. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the Science Explorers podcast for more enlightening discussions. Until next time, this is Tom and Jen signing off. Happy exploring. Hey there, listeners. Are you tired of struggling with language learning and statistical patterns? Introducing Stats and Words, the one-stop shop for all your statistical learning and language ability needs. That's right, Tom. At Stats and Words, we've got the perfect blend of statistical learning puzzles and language games to train your brain in the quirkiest ways possible. Want to impress your friends with your newfound language skills? Try our statistical tongue twisters and watch the words flow effortlessly off your tongue. And for all you data nerds out there, our Linguistic Data Detectives kit will have you deciphering language patterns like a pro. So why wait? Visit Stats and Words today and unleash your inner statistical language guru. Remember, at Stats and Words, we make learning statistically hilarious. Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom, and as always, joining me is the wonderful Jen. That's right, Tom. Today we have an incredibly fascinating and futuristic topic to dive into, modeling of family and parenting relationships for artificial intelligence parenting systems by Camille Rafikoff. This paper is distributed under the CC by Fortno license and was last updated on December 11, 2023. Let's jump right into it. Contextual background. This paper is truly significant in its field because it delves into the intricate world of artificial intelligence AI and parenting systems. As we progress further into the age of technology, the concept of AI taking on roles previously reserved for humans, such as parenting, has become increasingly prevalent. This paper aims to tackle the complex task of modeling family and parenting relationships for AI parenting systems, which could have far-reaching implications on how we understand and interact with AI technology, key concepts, and background. A fundamental concept that underpins this paper is the idea of modeling family and parenting relationships for AI systems. When we talk about modeling, we're referring to the process of creating a simplified representation of a complex reality. 
In this case, it involves distilling the intricate dynamics of family and parenting relationships into a format that AI can comprehend and respond to in a manner that simulates human interaction. Now, let's break down some complex vocabulary used in the paper. When the author talks about parameters to build family model, they're essentially referring to the specific factors and variables that form the basis of the simulated family structure within the AI system. Similarly, parameters to build parenting model likely refers to the distinct attributes and characteristics that contribute to the AI's understanding of how parental figures interact and nurture their children. In essence, this paper seeks to bridge the gap between the complexities of human relationships and the capabilities of AI, paving the way for AI systems to potentially take on parental roles in the future. Core. Now onto the meat of the paper the detailed discussion of its objectives, methodology, techniques used, and key findings and results. The primary objective of this research paper is to develop a framework for modeling family and parenting relationships within AI parenting systems. To achieve this, the author likely employs a combination of theoretical frameworks from fields such as psychology, sociology, and machine learning to inform the creation of these models. In terms of methodology and techniques, the paper may involve an interdisciplinary approach, integrating theories from various fields to construct a comprehensive model that encapsulates the nuances of family dynamics and parenting interactions. The key findings and results of this paper could potentially shed light on the feasibility and ethical considerations of integrating AI systems into family settings as virtual parental figures. The implications of this research are vast and could have ripple effects across the fields of AI, ethics, and psychology, implications and applications. It's time to delve into the potential impact of the findings outlined in this paper on its field. The concept of AI parenting systems raises a myriad of ethical, social, and psychological implications. From a practical standpoint, successful modeling of family and parenting relationships for AI systems could lead to the development of virtual parenting assistance, providing support and guidance in childcare. However, this also raises questions about the emotional and psychological well-being of children who interact with AI parental figures. Furthermore, the ethical considerations surrounding the delegation of parental roles to AI systems are incredibly complex. The potential ramifications on family dynamics, human relationships, and societal norms are vast and warrant careful consideration. Conclusion. As we wrap up this episode, it's clear that the, the paper Modeling of Family and Parenting Relationships for Artificial Intelligence Parenting Systems delves into a realm of unprecedented possibilities and challenges. Absolutely, Jen. The research presented in this paper is not only cutting edge, but also prompts us to contemplate the ever-evolving relationship between humans and technology. It's a reminder that as we venture further into the age of AI, we must navigate its integration into our lives with introspection and care. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed our deep dive into this thought-provoking topic. Until next time, this is Tom and Jen signing off. Are you tired of the same old parenting routine? Looking for a futuristic solution to lighten the load? Well, look no further, because we've got just the thing for you. Introducing RoboFam Parenting Solutions, the world's first AI-powered virtual family assistant, inspired by the groundbreaking research in the paper. 
modeling of family and parenting relationships for artificial intelligence parenting systems. That's right. With our cutting-edge technology, you can say goodbye to mundane family dynamics and hello to a virtual family experience like no other. RoboFam offers a range of services, from bedtime stories read by our virtual parental figures to simulated sibling squabbles that'll make you forget your kids are actually just ones and zeros. And don't worry about dinnertime arguments. Our AI chefs will cook up a storm in the virtual kitchen, complete with the realism of burnt toast and overcooked pasta. Plus, our virtual pet feature will have your kids convinced they're taking care of a real dog or cat, minus the shedding and vet bills. So why wait? Upgrade your family experience with RoboFam Parenting Solutions today. Because when it comes to parenting, why not let the robots do the heavy lifting? Hello and welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're diving into the intriguing world of childhood cognitive development with a particular focus on the effects of bilingualism, household size, and siblings on theory of mind development in Pakistani and British children. We'll be dissecting a groundbreaking paper by Anushay Majar, Catherine Ellis, Joe Moss, and Sarah White, which explores this fascinating topic. So, let's start with some key background information. The paper Effects of Bilingualism, Household Size, and Siblings on Theory of Mind Development in Pakistani and British Children is significant in its field due to its exploration of how social, linguistic, and cultural factors influence the development of theory of mind, or TOEM, in children. TOEM refers to the ability to understand and predict the mental states of oneself and others and is a crucial aspect of social competence. Absolutely, Tom. The significance lies in its examination of not just broad cultural differences as represented by the countries of Pakistan and the UK, but also specific environmental factors such as bilingualism and family structure, which may contribute to variations in TOM development. Through this study, the researchers aim to provide a more nuanced understanding of the complex interplay between these factors and their impact on children's cognitive development. Now, delving into the main scientific concepts and theories addressed in the paper, we encounter the central notion of theory of mind, which encompasses the ability to represent and comprehend both one's own and others' mental states, and to use this understanding to predict and explain behavior. This capacity is considered a fundamental building block of social competence in children. Absolutely, Tom. Now, diving deeper into the study's terminology, Theory of mind is a multifaceted construct that includes an individual's ability to infer and understand the mental states of others, including their beliefs, desires, intentions, and emotions. This capacity emerges in early childhood and plays a pivotal role in social interactions and relationships. So true, Jen. Now let's unravel the core of the paper. The study's objectives revolve around investigating the impact of country, bilingualism, household size, and siblings on children's theory of mind development, while controlling for factors such as age and receptive vocabulary. In terms of methodology, the research utilized a mixed-method approach, combining quantitative analyses with a range of standardized measures, including the British Picture Vocabulary Scale, BPVS, to assess children's receptive vocabulary, and a bespoke theory of mind battery designed to gauge the children's mentalizing abilities. That's right. Jen. 
The study involved 43 participants, with 25 children from Pakistan and 18 from the UK, ranging from 3 to 8 years of age. The data was collected through both in-person and online sessions, with ethical approval obtained from relevant institutions to ensure the well-being and consent of the participating children. Now, on to the key findings and results. The study revealed that while Pakistani and British children performed similarly on the theory of mind battery when controlling for language ability and age, bilingual children outperformed their monolingual counterparts. This suggests that bilingualism had a significant positive impact on children's TOM development. Absolutely, Jen. The study's regression analyses also shed light on the independent contributions of specific environmental factors. Bilingualism and country were identified as the main predictors of children's 2M development, while household size and the number of siblings did not exert a significant influence. Meanwhile, the study's correlation analyses uncovered a positive association between children's verbal ability and their theory of mind scores, highlighting the critical role of language proficiency in shaping mentalizing abilities. Moreover, supplementing the notable findings, the researchers noted the need for further exploration of culture-specific environmental factors impacting TOEM development. Now, moving on to the implications and applications of these findings. The study's insights have significant implications for understanding the multifaceted nature of TM development and its sensitivity to diverse cultural, linguistic, and environmental factors, offering pivotal insights for educators, psychologists, and policymakers alike. Absolutely, Tom. The research underscores the importance of considering not just country-level differences, but also specific environmental factors such as bilingualism and family structures when exploring children's cognitive development. The findings also highlight the potential for tailored interventions and educational strategies that account for these influences on TOM development. Wrapping up, let's reflect on the broader relevance of this paper. The findings not only deepen our understanding of childhood cognitive development, but also underscore the need for a more nuanced and culturally sensitive approach to studying and supporting children's social and cognitive growth. Absolutely, Tom. This study paves the way for future research that delves into the intricate interplay between cultural, linguistic, and environmental factors in shaping children's cognitive development, offering valuable insights into the diverse pathways of TOM development across different sociocultural contexts. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive into the fascinating world of childhood cognitive development. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Do you find yourself constantly pondering the mysteries of theory of mind? Do you want to give your children's cognitive development a boost while embracing their multicultural upbringing? Look no further. Introducing Babble Brains, the premier enrichment program designed to foster theory of mind development in bilingual and multicultural children. With our unique curriculum inspired by the groundbreaking research on the effects of bilingualism and cultural factors on TOM development, your little ones will unlock their mentalizing superpowers in no time. Our expert instructors will guide your kids through playful activities, engaging storytelling, and mind-bending games that will have them understanding the hidden thoughts and desires of everyone around them. So, 
If you want your kids to be the ultimate mind readers while embracing their diverse cultural backgrounds, sign them up for Babel Brains today. Join us and watch your children's minds expand across continents. Babel Brains, where bilingual brilliance meets theory of mind magic. Welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom, your co-host. And I'm Jen, thrilled to dive into today's fascinating research paper. Our listeners are in for a treat with this detailed and comprehensive analysis. Today, we're going to dissect the paper, Intertrial Priming is Not Sufficient for Feature-Based Distractor Suppression by Anuruddha Ramgir and Dominique Lamy. This paper is hot off the press, and it's highly significant in the field of attention and perception. The authors set out to challenge the prevailing notion that repetitive exposure to a salient distractor's feature leads to its suppression and instead propose an alternative account. That's right, Tom. The paper questions the widely accepted idea that intertrial feature priming can cause a distractor to be suppressed over time. They critically evaluated the notion of feature-based distractor suppression by examining whether the observed effects could be attributed to other factors rather than the suggested intertrial suppression. Absolutely fascinating. The core concepts and critical theoretical background singled out in this paper revolve around attentional capture and the suppression of distractors in visual search tasks. The study focused on the phenomenon of distractor interference, where physically salient objects attract attention, even if they are irrelevant to the primary task. The research examined how individuals learn to suppress salient distractors, specifically those with a consistent feature such as color. The paper delves into the concept of feature-based suppression, where observers learn to ignore specific features that make an irrelevant object stand out. Right, Jen. The key findings from the paper challenge the widely held belief that intertrial priming accounts for distractor suppression. The authors tested an alternative account to dissociate between whether the reduced distractor interference observed on repeated color trials was due to suppression or an alternative process. Plus, the paper explored the impact of swapping the distractor's color with the previous target's color and whether this influences distractor interference. The methodology included two experiments to verify previous findings and test their alternative hypothesis. The first experiment replicated critical findings from prior studies and examined the effects of repeating versus swapping colors on distractor interference. The second experiment disentangled the effects of color repetition and color swapping to evaluate the impact on search performance. The research used various statistical analyses, including ANOVAs, to unravel the complex relationships between distractor repetition, interference, and color swapping. The authors employed meticulous data exclusion procedures and reported detailed results, including reaction times and error rates, to support their conclusions. The implications of these findings are profound and have far-reaching implications for the field of attention and perception. This paper challenges traditional theories about distractor suppression and offers a fresh perspective on the complex interplay between intertrial priming, feature-based suppression, and distractor interference. Absolutely, Tom. This study has the potential to revolutionize our understanding of attention and perception, paving the way for new avenues of research in cognitive psychology and neuroscience. 
It has significant implications for real-world applications, such as improving visual search tasks in various fields. Overall, this paper provides a thought-provoking critique of established theories and offers an alternative explanation for the observed effects. It's a compelling example of how cutting-edge research can push the boundaries of scientific knowledge and challenge conventional wisdom. What an enlightening discussion, Tom. This paper not only offers a thought-provoking reinterpretation of an established theory, but also demonstrates the meticulous and insightful approach required for groundbreaking research. Exactly, Jen. The depth of the analysis and the innovative methodology used in this study set it apart as a groundbreaking contribution to the field. It highlights the importance of critically evaluating prevailing theories and methods to advance our understanding of complex cognitive processes. Our listeners are sure to have gained a deeper appreciation for the intricacies of attention and perception. Stay tuned for more thought-provoking discussions on groundbreaking research in our upcoming episodes. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, keep your curiosity sparked. Until next time, this is Tom, signing off. And this is Jen, wishing you a curious and intellectually stimulating day ahead. Goodbye for now. Are you tired of being constantly distracted by shiny objects? Do you wish there was a way to suppress those pesky attention-grabbing distractions? Introducing DistractAway, the revolutionary company that came to life as a result of the groundbreaking research on feature-based distractor suppression. With our patented technology, you can finally say goodbye to those annoying, attention-stealing distractions. Our state-of-the-art distract-away glasses are designed to filter out the most salient and distracting colors, helping you stay focused on what really matters. No more being lured in by shiny red objects when you're trying to concentrate on work. But wait, there's more. If you call now, we'll throw in our distract-away earplugs, specially engineered to block out those sneaky sounds that steal your attention. Say goodbye to hearing your neighbor's lawnmower when you're trying to relax. That's right, Jen. Distract away for when you need to keep your focus sharp and your distractions at bay. Order now and reclaim your attention. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom, and as always, I'm joined by my brilliant co-host, Jen. Thanks, Tom. Today, we have a fascinating topic to delve into. We will be exploring the paper titled The Role of Intersectionality in Differentiating the Impact of Youth Adversity on Adolescent Depression and Anxiety Symptoms in the Community. This paper was published in the prestigious journal BJP Psych and authored by a team from various renowned institutions including Queen Mary University of London, University of Oxford, University College London, and others. That's right, Jen. This paper is significant because it delves into the complex interplay of multiple factors and their impact on adolescent mental health, which has been a growing concern in our society. The research focuses on the influence of intersectionality, that is, the interaction of various individual characteristics such as gender, socioeconomic status, and neurodivergence, in moderating the relationship between youth adversity and mental health outcomes in adolescents. Before we dive into the nitty-gritty details, let's provide some context and background for our listeners. 
The main focus of this paper is to explore how different intersecting factors can moderate the impact of youth adversity on the mental health of adolescents. The study addresses the pressing issue of youth mental health, specifically depression and anxiety, by considering the influence of complex intersecting factors such as gender, socioeconomic status, and neurodivergence. Jen, that's a great summary. Now, let's break down some of the key concepts and background information for our listeners. First, let's discuss the idea of youth adversity. This term encompasses a range of stressful and traumatic experiences that adolescents may face, including those occurring within the home, such as domestic violence, or outside the home, such as bullying, victimization. Absolutely, Tom. The study also emphasizes the concept of intersectionality, which refers to the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, gender, socioeconomic status, and more, as they relate to systems of power and oppression. The paper examines how these intersecting factors can moderate the relationship between youth adversity and mental health issues in adolescents. That's a great point, Jen. Now let's touch on some of the complex vocabulary used in the paper. Terms like structural equation modeling, moderation effects, and intersectionality profiles may sound intimidating, but they're essential to understand this research. Structural equation modeling is a statistical method used to test and estimate the relationships between multiple variables, while moderation effects refer to how the relationship between two variables changes depending on a third variable. Lastly, intersectionality profiles represent specific combinations of individual characteristics, such as being a female with low socioeconomic status and high hyperactivity inattention. Understanding these concepts will help us navigate through the paper. Absolutely, Tom. Now that we've laid the groundwork, let's dive into the core of this groundbreaking paper. The study aims to investigate the moderating influence of intersectionality on the relation between youth adversity and depression and anxiety symptoms in adolescents. To achieve this, the researchers measured depression and anxiety symptoms in 13 to 14-year-olds using the Strengths and Difficulties Questionnaire. They employed a statistical technique called multiple group structural equation modeling to estimate the effects of youth adversity on combined depression and anxiety symptoms across eight intersectionality profiles based on gender, socioeconomic status, and hyperactivity inattention. Yes, Jen, and the findings are truly fascinating. The study revealed that youth adversity was associated with higher levels of depression and anxiety across intersectional profiles. Moreover, the impact of youth continued in Next Message. And now, a word from our sponsor, Intershape Solutions. Do you find yourself struggling to navigate the complex and interconnected factors that impact mental health? Are you tired of feeling lost in a sea of statistical modeling and intersectionality profiles? Well, fear not. Intershape Solutions is here to save the day. Our team of highly skilled mathematicians, psychologists, and data scientists have combined their powers to bring you a revolutionary tool for understanding and addressing mental health disparities. With the Intershape Solutions app, you can input your own unique intersectionality profile and instantly receive personalized insights into how different factors may be influencing your mental well-being. Never again will you feel like just another statistical outlier. Whether you're a hyperactive, low-income, neurodiverse individual, or a high-achieving, high-SES, cisgender male, 
InnerShape Solutions has got you covered. Our patented algorithm takes the guesswork out of understanding how different aspects of your identity intersect to impact your mental health. So don't wait. Join the revolution in mental health understanding with InterShape Solutions. Because when it comes to your well-being, it's not just about thinking inside the box. It's about understanding the complex shapes of your intersectional identity. Thank you.